Hey everyone, welcome back to Why the Flick. We are a weekly podcast of two former journalists who talk movies every week and ask the hard-hitting question, why the flick did we watch this movie? I'm Claire. I'm Elizabeth. And this week, <laughs> I didn't know I where never, I was going with, with that. I never know what to say at that point, but I did want to point out, um, you did not refer to us as friends, which hurt a little bit. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Two friends and former journalists. Thank you. Thank my you. apologies. My apologies. I was just trying to do it on the spot and remember all of my lines. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but this week, I'm very excited for the movie we're going to be talking about. But before we get to that announcement, um, should we talk a little bit of movie news? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should I well, go first? If you want. Yeah, because you know, I'll be disappointing. Um, I did not do my homework. I totally forgot um, to pick a news brief and I've not been very tuned in this week. Um, so I'm going to share, it's not movie news, but like, it's the kind of thing, kind of show that's like on movie level to me. And that is, of course, Game of Thrones. They dropped the new trailer. Was that yesterday? I think not Game of Thrones, uh, House of the Dragon. Um that I'll probably just call Game of Thrones from now until eternity. Right. They, dro they dropped the new trailer. Um, I thought it looked awesome. I'm a little worried about like, because it's so Targaryen focused and focused on a tar Targaryen woman trying mm. to come into power that it's going to be like too similar, you know? Yeah. But at least it looks like we might actually get to see her in power, which right. will be and nice. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I love Game of Thrones, but I have not read all the books, and I don't know all the, like, canon. Um, so there are people who pretty much know what's going to um, happen, given the time that, that it's set, or when it's set. Um, but I'm super excited. I don't care that the original series didn't end well. I still love it. And I think it'll be a comfort when it finally comes out so that's that's all i got guys i'm excited for a prequel and that it's set in a time where dragons just exist like you know right, there's like a whole a bunch of them i don't know how many there are but it looks yeah. like there's definitely way more than there than there were in game of thrones yeah. so i'm and excited think, for it yeah i think they're gonna like i i'm just assuming and putting two and two together it's during the time that like dance of the dragons or whatever it's called but i think and it's like Targaryen versus Targaryen so I think you might get some like dragon fights like dragon versus dragon which would be pretty gnarly yeah All and right. if you're so. not into a prequel they have apparently a new Jon Snow series that's gonna get started so that's cool yeah I kind of worry that if this prequel isn't super successful that they're gonna abandon any of the other ones. I don't I don't know. I don't know how much it hinges on that. There's one though that I read about. I'm gonna completely blank on it, but it was just about a totally different character, totally different time. Um, and it sounded interesting because it was such a different like um aspect. I think oh, it was um about um Nymeria, um, which Arya named her direwolf after this princess Nymeria. Oh yeah. Um so that sounded really good, but cool. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that yeah. show coming out. Um, okay. So my movie news is a little bit um, relevant to what we're going to be talking about today, but you all know Steven Spielberg, right? You know, who? 
I've never heard yeah, of Yeah. He's, he's, you know, not really that well known. He's done a few obscure movies, E.T., Indiana Jones, you know, whatever. But just kidding. We know who Steven Spielberg is. Um, <laughs> but I felt like this would be relevant for what we're talking about today. But, you know, Steven Spielberg has directed so many beloved classic movies. Well, now it seems like he's maybe getting into the music video side oh, yeah. of it. I texted you this. Yeah. 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 So he ended up shooting a three minute music video for Marcus Mumford of Mumford and Sons. It was a single called Cannibal. And yeah, I mean, it was filmed in a high school gym in New York and it's really done all in one shot on his phone. And uh, yeah, it wait, is it is it out? Yeah, you can watch okay. it now. Okay. Did I you watched send it. a link or a screenshot? I, I don't know. I think I just sent you a screenshot okay. and I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, you know, maybe he's going to start making more music videos. I don't know. It was it's... interesting. Do you know, like, what compelled him to do this? Like, it's so random. I have no idea at yeah. all. Um, but it definitely seems like something he was excited to try. Um, and like, I don't, I don't think I had any strong feelings one way or the other about how it turned out, but it was definitely, yeah. it felt music video-y. He was doing different angles. And then at one point it like does a slow pan out and it's then like a zoomed pan pan back in. Um, and it's like I said, mm -hmm. all in one take, he did it. So that shot set up sounds familiar, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, go I check it out. Go yeah. watch it good for him like you know this far into your career having as much success as he's had he's obviously a master of his craft and so to like you know try something new do something different like fuck yeah, yeah. go for it yeah absolutely well speaking of steven spielberg the movie that we're talking about today is one i'm so excited about it's jaws excited i told you last week i watched this movie three times this month one time i don't even know if it really counts because i only saw it, like watched it for a little bit on tv and then turned the channel away um but then i did watch it again last night so that would be my fourth time this month i don't know why i just have been really into watching this movie i guess <laughs> gotta do something to the brain man <laughs> I'm conditioned now where I'm like, maybe I'm not afraid of sharks anymore. I don't know. Um, so the tagline for this movie that I read on IMDb, I think, is one of the best as far as succinct and to the point, And it gets everything kind of fully wrapped into the summary. Um, but it says, when a killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community off Cape Cod, it's up to a local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer to hunt the beast down. Oh, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's very perfectly accurate. summed it up. So yeah, so we're gonna talk all about this movie, obviously, but we're gonna also mm -hmm. talk about um, not only was this movie a nightmare watching it, it was also a nightmare apparently to make behind the camera. Um, almost did not get made, which we'll get into. We're also going to talk about what that entailed as far as the choices that were made, as far as filming location, the shark of it all, um, and then kind of get into how this movie performed at the box office. So, Donna, I don't know, <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> 
Claire, why the flip did you choose Jaws? So we are pretty much well into the summer months right now, and summer is my favorite time of year. And when I think of a summer movie that I really like to watch, I think of Jaws every single time. That's my number one summer movie. Uh, we watched this movie on 4th of July, which I didn't even realize this could be considered a 4th of July movie because it oh, does yeah. take place in 4th of July. Um, <laughs> so it does count. And um it also, you know, started the summer blockbusters. So it kind of takes number one spot, I think, objectively speaking. <laughs> it's just fact. <laughs> it's fact at this point. Yeah. All right. So tell me about like your first experience with this movie and Yeah. So I really don't remember when I first watched this movie. Um, and here's why. So I had a really bad dream once about a shark when I was a little kid. Again, I always seem to have nightmares based off of Steven Spielberg's movies. Take that what you will. Um, but yeah, so in this dream, like, I think it was my sister's wedding and it was set on a lagoon. So there were these like... Um, buildings like on uh, stilts over the water and so we were like walking through them each time and we knew there was a shark in the water and they're like don't really get too close to the water because there's a shark um well i don't know how it happened but the dock broke and i fell into the water and i was trying to get back up the dock on an angle and i was slipping on it and my sister was like trying to hold me and she let go and i fell down it and I turned and there was the shark and I slid into its mouth and that's when I woke up and I screamed I was that was one of the first like dreams I ever had maybe the first dream I ever had where I woke up screaming and my dad had to come and console me and I don't remember anything else after that um but yeah so that's horrifying how old were you or about how old I don't know I feel like I was really little I had to have been like five maybe or so oh my god um so again, I don't know if I saw Jaws somehow at that time and then I had a nightmare about it, um, but I know I did not want to fucking watch this movie for a really long time and then I eventually did when I was a little bit older, um, but still it scared the shit out of me. Are you still having shark dreams? No, I don't have reoccurring <laughs> shark dreams like I have reoccurring dinosaur dreams. <laughs> well, that's good. Okay, so I've seen this movie like once before, and it was a very long time ago, and I probably wasn't very interested in it anyway. So I'm considering this my first time really watching it. I just heard like musical instruments. <laughs> oh, it's my phone <laughs> vibrating. Oh, <laughs> I'm mad. It's like a gong. <laughs> it's um, the donut. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I consider this my first time really watching this movie and it was a pleasure uh, just because it is such a classic and it is Spielberg. Um, and obviously there's a lot to like respect and appreciate a lot of amazing <laughs> cinematography and moments, but I have to say there's something not quite there for me. <laughs> and I think it's, <laughs> it's probably, I think I know what you're, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Should I, okay, should I give a little... No, I mean, you can keep going. Okay. For me, Maybe it's I like, don't know. <laughs> it's all... Yeah, I'll be interested to see if it's the same thing. 
Okay, so I think we kind of talked about this with Scary Movie. I know, how is this relevant? But with Scary Movie, it was, um, we talked about, for me, how I felt like it was just one joke strung together, one after another, uh, just all strung together and not really kind of cohesive. Um, I kind of feel like that about Jaws, one really like amazing action, tense, suspenseful moment after another just kind of strung together and not totally like coming together and then it, it just made the pacing feel weird at times yeah for me. yeah I could totally uh, see that I think yeah. it gets it almost reaches a climax at the fourth of July event and then I feel yeah. like it kind of drops off after that yeah. point and that and really not until the last like five minutes of the movie does it feel like it picks back up again. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons why that might be just based off of how it was filmed. <laughs> Shadow just completely surprised me by popping up. <laughs> you did just pop up. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder, like, did this movie I have such a love of shark movies. I don't know why I feel like it's a guilty pleasure. I just really like shark movies, even though I had yeah. a terrible fear of sharks there's yeah. some psychology there that i there don't is. quite know what you, it's about but yeah you need to unpack that with a professional yeah <laughs> yeah um really quick have you seen i don't remember what it's called but it is, it is a shark movie with blake lively and she it's just blake lively yes there's no the shallows that. yes um so i saw that movie just because i was like i want to support a movie that is totally anchored by a woman um and this is before it was becoming more of a common occurrence um, I think I think I liked it. I remember liking it. And I just remember being like proud of Blake Lively. I think you. I remember you texting me about it and you saying you really liked it. And then I was like, yeah. oh shit, no, I really want to see it because I like shark movies. Yeah. So well, there's definitely go. a lot of content out there of shark content for you to consume. There's a whole Shark Week now yeah. dedicated to, to the sharks. Okay, so these. This movie is based on a book by Peter Benkley, um, and it was a really popular book at the time, so they really wanted to capitalize on it, and in comes Steven Spielberg. You know how much he loves turning book adaptations into movies. Um, he actually only had a few credits to his name at the time. He was not very well known. He was only 27 when he directed this. Can you believe that? Oh my god, that seems so young. I know, I'm like, what have I accomplished? <laughs> yeah, that's heavy. <laughs> Certainly not this, but um, actually Spielberg wasn't the first director they had picked out for this movie. I don't know who was the first one, but the story goes is that the director was kind of pitching his vision of the movie, and he described the whale jumping out. Uh, in the first scene and they the uh, producers I think were were under the impression that they wanted to distinguish this movie as separate from Moby Dick so they really didn't want to go that route and then Spielberg had expressed interest in directing this movie so that's kind of how he got it well good for him where would we be without that mm. without can you imagine if in another world where he didn't direct this movie i I mean, I mean i'm sure he would have done amazing things otherwise because i think he's a very, very talented director um much like how you last time we recorded avatar you said my my james cameron i feel like that's like my steven, my steven spielberg 
He's my favorite. I love him so much. Um, we also have an incredible cast of characters and a very small cast, I'll say. I mean, there's a lot of um extra people behind yeah. the scenes, but there's really it's really centered on these three individuals. So Roy Scheider plays Brody, Richard Dreyfus as Hooper, and Robert Shaw as Quint. And unfortunately, you know, since that since well now, um Scheider and Shaw have passed away. So Dreyfus is the only living um member from that from that trio. But wow. I really like them as a as a trio. Like I feel that Brody is the heart of of them. Hooper brings the comedy, and then Quint is just a legend. I mean, such yeah. a great actor. Yeah. So yeah, for me, uh, Richard Dreyfus is the absolute shining star of this movie. Almost to a point where I feel like he outshines everyone so much that it like dims them a little bit. Um, especially um, uh, Chief Brody. Um, God, he just has so much charisma and presence on yeah. screen. And I just, I think the character was great too, and a good contrast with the others. Uh, but yeah, he was great. Do you know where it lines up in Richard Dreyfuss's um, career? I know, like... right? So many S's. <laughs> um, I don't, but I, it has to be it early. really early on because yeah. I think he was also in his 20s when this was filmed. They were babies. And he he almost didn't want to do it. He almost was like he passed a lot of times on it. He was like, I don't think this is gonna. I think this is gonna flop. And he didn't want to be in it. And Spielberg was like, please be in this movie. I don't know if that's what happened, but he ended up getting involved in it. So thank God. That's funny. I was just trying to quickly. He had a lot of credits actually before Jaws, before seventy five. I don't know. I'm, I'm just quickly skimming. I don't know if any bunch of, those of overachievers. Were... I will tell you. Um, Spielberg wanted he kept trying to get that was another like difficult thing about this movie is that it was really hard to get people to like sign on board to be part of the cast and so Spielberg couldn't find anyone who wanted to play the part of Brody and he was essentially pouring his heart out to Roy Scheider at a party and Roy was like I'll do it and so (laughs) that's that's how it happened you never know I have to say I know like nothing about Roy Scheider like I mean, I think this is his most memorable yeah. role that I can think of. Yeah, I should also preface what I meant to say before. Um, I watched this movie last night. I I have done no research. I'm also confident that Claire does a lot, <laughs> and she has seen it now four times in the month. Right. Um. So I'm very much like a student, and I'm looking forward to all your fun facts. Um. But yeah, yeah I watched Roy, the whole. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I was just looking at Roy Scheider. Like, I don't really think I, like, his face, other than in Jaws, is not, Mm -hmm. I haven't recognized anywhere else. Yeah. I watched a whole documentary on how they made this movie. And I can't wait to get into it. But first, I also want to call out a couple other characters. We have Lorraine Gary, who plays Ellen Brody, his wife, Brody's wife. And I just want to say one of my favorite scenes with her is when she's looking through the shark book and, you know, uh, Michael's in the boat and Brody's like, (laughs) I don't want him in there. And she's like, it's fine. It's fine. She's looking through the book and she's a, she sees a picture of a shark coming up and biting out a hole in a boat. And she just goes, Michael, get out of there now. Didn't you hear your father? And it's just, I think she delivered that part so well. I really like her in this movie. My favorite part was when right before um, Brody is going out on the boat uh, with Hooper and Quinn 
um, and they're saying their good, good, goodbyes, and then she yeah. she runs away and she shoots. It's <laughs> like no grown woman runs like that in that situation. Uh, <laughs> although I think um, Sydney Campbell did a little bit in Scream in a spoof. <laughs> <laughs> no, in real well, Scream spoof. and yeah, in a spoof. but. In but yeah. a pair, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we also cannot talk about Jaws without bringing up Murray Hamilton, who plays the mayor, a.k.a. the mayor of Shark City, the worst mayor ever. He's become a complete meme now um, in our day and age. And it's just, I think, one of the other like most iconic characters from this movie, just because of how badly... Ugh, he handled everything. And I think we'll get into that too, because I really want to unpack it from his side possibly. But yeah, he did have some very colorful uh, suit jackets though, I will say. He did. He stood out. That's for sure. Um, okay. So I alluded to this already, but this movie, if you didn't already guess, was extremely, extremely difficult to make. And I watched a whole documentary, like I said about it. It's called The Making of Jaws, The Inside Story. And everybody gave interviews after the fact. Um, I don't know when when the documentary came out. But basically, Spielberg said it was the worst experience and the greatest experience of his career. So uh, quite a roller coaster ride. In the documentary, is it like, do you think it's soon after or is it like 10, 20 years No, later? I think okay. it was because... Um, uh Richard Dreyfus, I think he might have been the only one in the documentary from the remaining three. Um, I know um Robert Shaw passed away like three years after the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when I think Scheider might have passed away in 2016. So I feel like this was a well, I don't know. I can't remember. It's in the it's in the uh, show notes. Just go okay. scroll down and click. But um Basically, they started this movie without a script, without a cast, like I said, and without a shark. Three things that you essentially need for Jaws. And basically, they would write the script the day before they were shooting the scene. Yes. Ridiculous. That actually, it makes sense. because because It kind of feels like that. That kind of makes sense with how (laughs) I experienced that movie. Yeah. Do you think that it's just like... Well, I mean, I know kind of why it happened, but is it more of like creative people? They're kind of type type. Is it a type B person who is very like more creative or they because type A's are very more. Yeah. Yeah. Organized. I think we only talk about type A's. I I forget there's like type B. Um, I think because if they're working on the fly like that. And I feel like it was a little disjointed in terms of the pacing of things. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense if if you're like writing, you know, however many pages a day or a couple scenes at a time, right before you're shooting it, like of course it yeah. would be a little disjointed. That's not yeah. how did they get funding when they didn't have any of these things? I think like the I think it's really because the book perf- was like number one in the charts. It performed so well, and they really wanted to capitalize on that popularity before the book fell off the list you know whatever new york top list whatever and that's why they pushed it into production so fast wow it's interesting too because 
That seems like something more that would happen today because the news cycles and popularity of things change so quickly. So yeah. it's interesting that back then they were like, we got to move fast. And the other reason I think too is because they had to change the script. They had to completely change the script so many times because of the shark of it all, which I'll get into. Yeah. Ultimately, when you look at it over the whole like beginning to end, they were supposed to finish shooting in two months with $4 million. That was their budget. They they filmed over five months. They went to over five months. And the budget doubled, more than doubled, uh, no, doubled, $14 million. That's definitely more than triple, doubled. Yeah, triple, more <laughs> triple. than tripled. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. That's um, a problem. Yeah. Are you, wait, um, are you going to talk about how much it made? Do we know how much it made? Because they uh, better have paid off. I might have you Google that while okay. I keep talking, yeah. but we can talk about that at the end. I might have that in my notes, but there are a lot of reasons for why shooting was delayed. The biggest is because they decided to film the water scenes on the uh, actual Atlantic Ocean and not a tank, which made filming 10 times more difficult. Like I said, the wow. mechanical shark malfunctioned a bunch. And I'm going to get into that more uh, when we talk about those scenes. But Spielberg pretty much talked about in the documentary how he went through a lot of anxiety and insecurity every day. He was threatened with firing. People were calling it the end of his career. <gasps> but you know what? It ended up launching his career. So thank God. <laughs> thank God. God. Payoff for him. Yeah. That yeah. is crazy. Okay. If you, do you want me to tell you what I found? Real yeah, quick. sure. Okay, yeah. so it says, it says um, in its first 10 days, it grossed a record 21, over 21 million. Holy so shit. Reduce, like, yeah. And that was back in 1975. So yeah. I don't know even know what that would yeah. be with inflation. Like, damn. Yeah. But yeah, they, uh, they made out all right. They made it back tenfold. I mean. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, I want to actually talk about the movie. I'm going to sprinkle in some different fun facts, things, you know, as, as we continue on. But we're going to, this is our section called Holy Flick Scenes for those okay. who are first tuning into our podcast. But it really hits you right off the bat with that very, very first scene of the movie. It opens underwater. The camera is moving through the ocean. This is like our shark vision. And it's like, I think it's one of the best things about this movie is that it establishes it so early on. Like the first thing you see is essentially supposed to be through the eyes of this shark. Um, and then we also get the iconic done uh, opening music by John Williams. It's so iconic. I think this is probably... There's so many iconic things that came out of this movie, and this might be the most iconic. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there are a couple of lines, one in particular. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll There's get a few to, lines. but yeah. And the music is just so, like, unexpected, and I think Spielberg at the time thought it was a joke, but John Williams, John Williams, he loves what he's doing. He's a genius. So, I'm sorry. I just realized my microphone was over here at the end of my oh, desk shit. i never <laughs> so yeah well that would be interesting to see well, how that... i'm sure we could hear you it'd be fine <laughs> <laughs> um 
Anyway, so then we get introduced to poor Chrissy. Poor, poor Chrissy is our first victim. And she just wanted to go skinny dipping in the ocean. This is why you don't go skinny dipping in the ocean, though. Yeah, one of many reasons, yes. (laughs) What is more terrifying than being attacked by a great white when you're naked? Um, I would say the land version is being attacked by a grizzly bear naked, but I don't know why you're naked in that situation. So. <laughs> Sorry, I've just been reading a lot about bear attacks lately. There have been a lot. I have seen a lot of bears, not personally, mm-hmm. but on videos <laughs> of bears coming into to uh, hikers. But yeah, and so like the camera again keeps cutting back to the camera like looking up seeing her underwater her legs just floating there and then the camera gets closer and closer and closer and then you see the tug and this scene is truly terrifying um when i first remember i guess watching this movie i i really couldn't stand this scene i it makes me squeamish and i think a lot of that is based off of Susan Backlini, who plays Chrissy, she just just does such an amazing, amazing job here um, acting through all of that. And actually, she's a stunt person. She isn't really an actor. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I know my mom is the same way. It makes her really squeamish to watch this. She watched it with me, but um, she missed the Mm -hmm. first, you know, a few minutes, whatever. Um, But I, I don't know. It didn't do it for me. Because it looks so, yeah, the way she moves through the water looks so not realistic to me. I think it's because it doesn't look realistic that it makes me freaked out more. Because she, the way that she gets It's creepy, yeah. It is creepy. Yeah, Um, I get that. I mean, essentially, they had to tie cables to her, and there were, like, men on each side pulling her back and forth. Um, (laughs) And then Steven Spielberg, yeah, and then Steven Spielberg was... Uh, there's like the part at the very end where right before she goes underwater for the last time, that was his, he was the last tug because he wanted to get it so right. Um, and so Susan, Susan had talked about in the documentary that even if something did happen to her, no one would have really known because she was screaming, so, like she was screaming for the role. But even right. if she was screaming because she was hurt, they wouldn't have been, have been able to tell. Well, you need a safe word then. I know. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking quit it. <laughs> um, and I really like that you don't see the shark in this moment either because it's left up pretty much to your imagination. Again, that's a lot of because the shark malfunctioned. And so they had to, you know, make up these changes and and end up not having the shark in a lot of scenes which um i'll talk about but the the shark was supposed to be in the movie way more and i'll get into that in a little bit but interesting so we have our next attack um kind of happens pretty soon after this after brody's kind of brought up the possibility of closing the beaches the mayor has said nah that's not gonna happen it's just a boating accident but Brody knows something's up. And so they're at the beach. Um, very depressing scene. And the lead up is very intense again. Um, you have all of these people in the water and you keep getting psyched out. Um, there's an old man who's swimming and his cap looks like a fin. Ends up not being a shark. A woman screams, but it's because her boyfriend swam up and lifted her up through the air. Um, but we do have a 
death before Alex Kittner, and that is poor Tippet the dog. Wait, what? Remember? No? I know I remember the dog, and I was like terrified that something was going to happen to the dog. But I don't. So there's a part where he's yelling Tippet, 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 um, and you only see the stick floating in the water. Oh, that's right. But then something happened and it like redirected. You never see. That's so crazy. Yeah. In the movie. Um, I do remember that happening. And I was literally like, oh my God, mom, no, please don't let it be. I was so worried about the dog. But then I feel like something happened after that, that I don't know. I, yeah, I thought, hmm. Well, they don't, it's very, it's super subtle. I think. Okay. Um, Okay. Because he's just calling for the dog, and then all you see is a stick, the stick floating in the water. You never see the dog disappear. You never see the dog taken down. It's just like the aftermath of it. Okay. I'm going to choose to believe (laughs) that the dog is just smarter than all those motherfuckers and got the fuck out of there because (laughs) he or she knew that bad things were coming. That dog is alive. I kind of did that when this is separate uh, side note tangent, but when I watched The Lost World, the second Jurassic Park movie, way back in what nineties when it came out, um, there's a scene where a T Rex eats a dog. Um, but when I was little, my parents told me that it got away, even though it clearly didn't, because there's like a chain hanging out of the oh. dinosaur's <laughs> mouth. And I was like, I was, I believed for a really long time that the dinosaur did not eat that dog. And then I watched it as an adult and I was like, they fucking lied to me. Oh man, that's rough. It is rough. Um, Back to Jaws. (laughs) So the camera, AKA the shark goes past all of these legs and it takes Alex Kittner on the raft. There is so much blood. I mean, it like gushed up in the air like a volcano erupting my god so much yeah that was that was brutal i would say there are really only two scenes that um really made me say holy flick and like literally out loud or holy fuck but um Mm -hmm. and this is this is definitely one of them because that's pretty to kill off a a kid yeah and it's just horrifying and then like the immediate aftermath where it's very quiet and calm part mm-hmm. of me was like why aren't people screaming and freaking the fuck out mm-hmm. but that the stillness and quietness and of the mom just kind of mm-hmm. like wait wait what oh like being god. like being late to catch on oh my god yeah and all you see is the raft floating up with the blood also yeah. like rolling in the water and there's a bite mark out of the raft it's so eerie um when they screened this for the very first time for audiences, Steven Spielberg was kind of watching from the back. And after this scene, a guy got up, ran out and puked. And <gasps> Steven Spielberg said, Oh my God, I've gone too far. <laughs> oh my God. What have I done? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. That he, that person never would have survived the red wedding. That's for sure. Oh God. No. <laughs> um, I think there's another like iconic thing about this scene too, and it's the amazing camera work. I don't even know what it's called, but it is the zoom that yeah. goes in on Brody, and it's it makes you feel what he's feeling, where it's just like this sinking, like like shocked, 
feeling. I don't even know how they do it from a technological standpoint. I don't know what it's called, but it's become so iconic. I'm wondering if maybe the camera is moving in while it's also zooming or maybe the camera is moving out and, but the lens is zooming zooming. in. Yeah. Because it's um, like zooming in on him, but everything else is like around him is, I don't know. It's it's like, I think like everything around him gets like super compressed or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah, it is super cool. Um, So I have a question for you. Now, how do you feel about Mrs. Kittner's response to pay $3,000 to whoever kills the shark? Okay, well, I'll say it wasn't until like the end of the movie um, and the shark's fate that I was like, you know what? Fuck this. We shouldn't be killing the shark. Like, we should get the fuck out of this environment. It was here first. (laughs) And like that's just fair. Yeah. So I guess to, to answer your question, I I don't I mean, look, there's a public safety issue, but like I don't right. I don't I don't like killing the shark, period. Yeah, I think it's funny how in recent years people have I think the shark is like it's supposed to be the villain, but I think mm-hmm. more so the mayor is kind of a villain in all right. of this which i want to talk about um but i think it's i get where she's coming from wanting to have justice for what happened to her son but i think it just ends up creating chaotic such a chaotic situation where you have a bunch of nincompoops who are trying to go out and kill this thing they're using like holiday roasts as bait or like thinking they can blow it up with dynamite, which I mean, foreshadowing for for the end. Um, there's like a scene yeah. with with the guys on the dock at night, and I think maybe that's where my nightmare comes from. There's a few things I oh, think yeah. my nightmare comes from. When you were um, explaining it, I was like, yeah, that's from this movie for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's also the jump scare, a scene where with the dead fisherman, um, who's like head yeah. floats through. That was that was. Um, pretty gnarly but then i think you could also argue the slap from mrs kittner to brody might also be a jump scare because that came out of nowhere it was good very quickly like fuck yeah good for you yeah and it took like 17 takes they said in the documentary (laughs) to get that and brody just like kept taking it and kept taking it that's funny or not brody um schneider i just wanted to say this idea though of like getting justice you don't get justice with yeah. nature like you know what i mean like that's, right. su- that's such a human ego thing and i think that's what i don't that's what i don't like about it yeah i get it like from a mother who's grieving standpoint um but i don't blame the shark there's a video very famous video where it's like you don't go in the shark's home you don't like it's this woman she's like you don't go in the shark's home and i mean true true you, you shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> So at this point now, we get introduced finally to Mr. Quint, played by the incredible Robert Shaw. Everyone is talking about how to get rid of the shark at this point. And this motherfucker gets everyone's attention by scratching his fucking nails down a chalkboard. He is diabolical. It's unnecessary. (laughs) Also, what sick fuck thought it was appropriate timing to draw like a cartoon shark on the chalkboard do you think quint did that i feel like he did that i mean probably if he probably yeah Yeah. if there's one thing i can't stand if there's one thing in this goddamn world that i cannot 
stand and his nails don't even no nope. <laughs> i can't even watch me i it. hate that sound i hated going to school because every time the little chalk would squeak it would send a shiver down my spine yeah. and so every time i oh four times i watched this movie muted that part would not watch it yeah, i was more I... afraid of that than the shark attacks <laughs> i would probably do the same it was one of those moments when it happened my mom and i both went like oh. yeah <laughs> i was like Ugh, i can't totally... stand it Mm-mm. but other than that robert shaw does an absolutely amazing job here what sorry <laughs> So I, um, if you don't know, Claire knows by now, I think with my face, like you can see, <laughs> I could see you being like, mm, and I am like, okay, I, okay, okay. I'll just Def- say this. Defend yourself. It's not even really, I just, God, I did not understand 75% of what that man said. <laughs> like, I don't know what accent it was. And it was all okay, like that's mumbled fair. together. I was, I, I just gave up at one point. I was like, I have no idea what you're saying. You absolutely have to watch captions yeah. when you hear him talk because i like i would not have been able to fully understand what he said in a lot of his scenes other than the perhaps uss indianapolis scene um but yeah like i get i get where you're coming from in that standpoint i just think he commands such a presence in this moment and everyone's like watching him and listening to him i really love how the camera just pans in on him and he goes yeah i'll catch it and i'll kill it but i want ten thousand dollars which fair i fair i think you're hired (laughs) i mean we shouldn't be killing the shark but but if we're going to you're hired but if we're going to and quint himself is a i don't know he's like a cool character but Obviously, he has he has some um, red flags, too, but he's very Captain Ahab, and it's so contrast to how Hooper is, I think. They have a lot of similarities, but they're also two completely different people, um, which we'll get into when we talk about how they, how they interact together. But as kind of a little side note PSA, I just would like to say, can we listen to the goddamn scientists for once? For once like why are we not listening to hooper yeah oh god I, I don't think i sent it to you i saw this devastating thing where it, it puts a um clip from don't look up when they're on the newscast begging to be to be listened to and then it cuts yeah. this this recent clip from a um a uk news show where it's like this um, i'll send it to you it is oh god devastating oh great yeah but yeah sorry, sorry. so since the dawn of time, since at least 1975, people have not been listening to scientists because Hooper comes right. in and he's like, look, I've examined the body, which also was like a horrifying scene, though they never showed the body except for like one arm. Um, he says, I've examined the body and the bite radius does not match the bite marks on Chrissy, which, okay, also, let's not be capturing innocent poor sharks who had nothing to do with the situation. Right? Which was a real shark, by the way. Oh, it was? Yeah, I don't know how they got it or what happened. I can't remember, but it was a real shark. Okay, first of all, fuck you, Mr. Steven. Sorry, I don't care if you killed or not. I did not know that. And I was actually like really impressed because I was like, it looks so real. <laughs> it's so amazing. How did they do that? Oh, mm. contraire, mon oh, frere. No. Wow, yeah. I need to know about that. Unless, unless it 
happen to die naturally. It, <laughs> it, it, I don't, I really don't think they killed it. I feel like okay. they came across it. I, but I'll have to double check in the documentary. Watch the documentary again. Okay. Um, but Hooper, you know, he proposes cutting open the shark, which I think, yeah, you should do that. Probably not the time or place when there's a bunch of people around. I do give the mayor that uh, credit, but you should still like just just make sure that it's not the right shark. And that is also a very nasty body horror kind of scene where they are cutting into the shark because mm-hmm. you don't see it. But then you see like this little like liquid come out that looks yeah. like milk. It's terrible. <laughs> the smell i'm sure oh yeah and and i think um dreyfus does such a good job here too because i don't know if it really smelled i don't even i don't surely to god this was not an actual shark that they cut into but he does a good job of like acting like he's gonna vomit yeah um i don't and it, it surely it wasn't a real shark but it also, to me, the shark, the little of the shark that you could see in that scene looks like a cloth puppet to me. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, why not a real shark? Um, and but even then, even then, when they open the shark, there's nothing in there. The mayor is still like, Where's your proof? You are of no proof. So, this is where I finally want to talk about the mayor and okay. ask you if you sympathize with him at all. No. Okay. Now, okay. if he if he had qualms like I do about killing the shark, um, just you know because of of uh, compassion for <laughs> conservation, the natural world for conservation, yeah. Um, but no, it was all again all ego driven, all about you know keeping the tourist and the money and all of that. Um, I think he is such a weak, weak man. Um, that no, I do not empathize. Yeah. I don't empathize or sympathize either. I like I I get where he's coming from because this is their livelihood and um you know that they need the tourists to come into town to sustain their businesses and to provide an economy I guess for this island. But you're not going to have an island if everybody gets eaten by a shark yeah. and I think you know the the better step would have been to say, yeah, like what Brody said, if we shut the beaches down now, we can maybe save August and been like, all right, we'll cut our losses here. Yeah. But I'm not going to be responsible for anyone dying. Do you think he is kind of like, I mean, from a legal standpoint? Um, I, after the slap, I was like, when is she going to sue these motherfuckers? Because it's either the, the, uh, because I think Brody bears responsibility too. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The, and he admits he does too. Yeah. He um, says she's not wrong. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be suing some people for sure because they knew there's really, you can make um, a case for easily for like a cover up because of the, you know, mm, wishy washiness yeah. of the cause of death for uh, Chrissy. So, yeah, yeah, she would have a really good case, actually. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that, I mean, I, I mean, it does appear that he manipulated the coroner into changing oh yeah his cause of death from shark to boat propeller yeah whatever um so this brings us now to the fourth of july attack people are flocking in unfortunately they've added law enforcement to patrol the waters but what the fuck is that gonna do 
um, nobody is going into the water. So apparently news has gone about that there is, you know, there has been a shark. And then back to how shitty the mayor is, he forces a family to go into the water who clearly do not want to at all. And you can see it on their faces. So and they again, have children with them. Yeah. Three kids. And they're just like, kind of like going out there, like looking scared. Terrible, terrible human being. Yeah. That's just a whole other low. It's one thing to mm. like not allow the beach to be shut down, but then to like push people right. to go into the it's water. Like a sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> sacrifice for some money. Ugh, it's sickening. Yeah. Okay, so we, then we see the camera below everyone's feet. And again, we've seen this in other scenes. So we are, as the viewer, are to assume this is the shark. And then Steven Spielberg psychs us out. It's not the shark. It's, in fact, um, well, I don't know if the camera was this, but there is a part where um, some kids are, like, playing a joke. Terrible, terrible joke with a yeah. If I yeah. was their parents, I would be pissed. <laughs> yes. They'd They're lucky they didn't get shot because... To. Yes. I mean, that part where they're all surrounding them with shotguns, I mean, damn. Yeah. would have been bad. But it causes a pandemonium. People get trampled. There's one woman, which it's... I'm not trying to laugh at this part, but there is one woman who's like holding her kid and she's completely freaking out. You know exactly what I'm talking when about. When she's standing you? in the water, but it's only and like goes, waist deep. <laughs> Bet so you funny. have two legs, run. I, oh, it's like move forward. Yeah. <laughs> Get your kid out of the water. It's uh just her yeah, her face is great. Yeah, just her freaking out. I'm like, you need to move those legs, the legs, get through the water. Yeah. Some, it feels like perhaps overacting at that part. But yeah, she was like, I'm only an extra, but I'm going to get my 15 yeah. minutes. Good, good yeah. for her. Good for her. Yeah. Um, so then you do hear someone yell shark and it is the real shark this time who has gone into, they call it the pond. I'm guessing it's just like a bay area. Yeah. And a guy gets tossed off of a boat and completely swallowed, minus his leg that just floats down. That leg looked very real, by the way. If they, mm -hmm. I mean, anything within this movie looked real, that 100% looked like a real leg that had hair on it and everything. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Go ahead. If it were you, you're in your boat and you see a shark and there are two kids over here, not within your reach. What would you do? Well, like if I had seen the shark and not like, because he didn't see the shark. Yeah. Um, I'd probably try to like paddle as fast as I could to the kids or tell the kids, there's a shark. Yeah. I don't know. Alert them I somehow. mean, I wonder if because what of do you how, do? if you sacrifice yourself. Oh. Thinking like, okay, Find a it's knife, either I'd cut me my or hand. them. Mm -hmm. That's dark. It is. <laughs> That's what it made me think of. Like, I don't. Uh, I oh, hope that's I. Tough. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Why'd you ask me that? I'm sorry. <laughs> now I have to say, yeah, I'd sacrifice myself yeah, for the shark like, so that totally. I would save the kids. <laughs> I wouldn't be like, uh, peace, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. 
Well, thankfully, nothing happens to these children except Brody's son has probably childhood trauma now. Yes, no biggie. For sure. But then there's the part where Brody just gives a death stare out into the water and it zooms out and it's like, I'm gonna get you now. You've yeah. crossed the line, shark. <laughs> so now we finally go out to sea. And I this is where I think we talked about the pacing mm -hmm. gets a little Weird. muddled. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's almost like a different movie. It is. It's a sea adventure. And it it's crazy that the rest of the film takes place entirely on the water. And it's mostly the rest of the half of the movie, I feel like. Mm -hmm. but yeah. So, it's it. Yeah. So Brody, Hooper, Quint go out on Quint's ship called the Orca. And let me tell you about shooting on the sea, on the literal ocean. It's bitch. <laughs> I bet. As you could imagine. So, like I said, Spielberg didn't want to shoot in a tank. He didn't want to shoot on a lake. That rhymed. Did not mean for that to. <laughs> Sounded like it rhymed. Um, but he wanted to shoot on the ocean because he wanted it to seem realistic. Which I, you know, can commend. But in practicality it sucked because they didn't account for the motion of the waves going up and down <laughs> they didn't account for physics like, <laughs> like common sense oh they didn't account for um boats other boats coming in and out of the shot so they if another sailboat was behind them they would have to wait and like do the whole thing over again and it would sometimes take an hour to reshoot the whole scene um the oh this is this is great they built two orca ships one of them was meant to be upright the whole time the other one was meant to sink like it does at the end the boat that was not meant to sink started sinking with all of the cast and crew on board oh my god yeah, miracle nobody died or or did somebody die in this movie? Yeah, there's <laughs> a funny story. Yeah, there's a funny story in the documentary where someone was shouting "Save the actors" and someone said "Fuck the actors, save the sound equipment." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was pandemonium. That's hilarious. Uh, um, a couple other the reasons why I think this. I mean. Not only was it physically hard to shoot on the water, but there was also a lot of drama happening behind the scenes between Shaw and Dreyfus. And much like how Quint and Hooper do not get along, Shaw and Dreyfus hated each other. There was Why? no acting there. They just didn't get along. They just clashed. That's funny. They clashed. Two big personalities. Yeah. Which... I kind of want to talk about Quint and Hooper for a minute yeah. and their whole dynamic because I know they hate each other, but I love them together. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Their characters are very much like old school, new school, and Quint keeps holding over to Hooper's head that he's just some rich boy who, you know, doesn't have working hands much like Quint does and he antagonizes Hooper the entire time and then hooper it's very childish hooper like sticks his tongue out <laughs> at him and like mutters to himself the whole time and he's like i can't take this abuse much more um there's another really funny scene where quint like crushes a beer and like 
Oh, crushes yeah. the can and then it cuts to hooper and hooper like downs his coffee and then crushes the styrofoam cup <laughs> i think that's that always gets me but yeah i love their dynamic and they definitely i mean probably wouldn't be friends if quint had survived but i feel like they had a maybe respect for each other by the end of it um yeah i think so i think if quint had survived they would have been bonded by that can maybe I don't know because what the fuck went he kind of sunk the ship sunk okay the boat. yeah I want to talk about that but <laughs> okay yeah that's okay. a later part um yeah, yeah there's something going on there yeah let's talk about the shark of it all finally okay because like we talked about you don't really see the shark very much in the first half of the movie but then we finally do see the shark in the iconic moment when its head surfaces, when Brody's throwing out chum. And then we get the very famous line, you're going to need a bigger boat. And that was completely ad-libbed by Scheider. So nice. Good for him. What a legacy. Wait it. Yeah, exactly. And then we see the aerial shot of this 25-foot shark swimming by. I did want to look up, like, how what's, like, the biggest shark we've ever yeah, in real life. Um, and the biggest recorded is a great white who is 20 foot in length named Deep Blue. So that was 20 foot. This is 25 foot. And that so. was, yeah, even like they, because I think Hooper said, or somebody said 20 and then Quinn said 25. 25, yeah. Um, wow. Crazy. I don't, it's not common for them to be 20 foot let alone 25 foot so when you see it you're like oh my god that thing is huge yeah um and that's when they all are like fuck this is going to be a lot harder than we thought it was going to be so now i think it's a great time to talk about bruce and bruce is the name of the mechanical shark <laughs> in the movie um it's also named after steven spielberg's lawyer <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> uh perfect i loved learning that little fact and i think um the shark in nemo is named bruce as well and i think it's probably inspired by this fun fact okay anyway so uh, here's the deal with the shark first of all they thought they could train a great white shark <laughs> i'm just gonna let what? that sink in <laughs> what <laughs> They thought they could train a great white shark to do all of these things. <laughs> Did they attempt to or were they stopped? I mean, some, no, I mean, it was right off the bat. They were told like, you cannot train yeah. a great white shark. They did film like real shark footage that comes up later. But um, no, I, that was shut down pretty early on. They were like, that's not, you can't do that. Um, so then the studio also was not willing to make special effects for the shark itself hmm. um god they're they just had like, like they are they're really they're setting, setting them up for failure Spielberg up for failure <laughs> jeez um so they had to go practical which i i kind of love that they did everything practical for this but they ended up building about five different mechanical sharks for the film they tested the sharks in the water. They worked at the time. Everything was great. Then they took the sharks to the ocean and everything went 
Well, where did they test them? In tanks or they not water? They were tested in <laughs> fresh water. Oh. They were not tested in salt water. And the salt ate away everything. Seems like somebody should have <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> Damn. I, yeah. So basically the sharks would break down every day constantly over the radio it would go the shark is not working the shark is not working and that's why there was supposed to be much more shark in the movie but it broke down every day so they had to kind of use what they could when they got the scenes with the shark and so spielberg uh figured out a way to tell the story without a shark and he realized you know it's much more about what makes i'm sorry it's much more of what we don't see in this movie that makes it more frightening because your imagination is always scarier than the real thing and i think Mm -hmm. that is probably the case once you see the shark especially now you're like well that's definitely not a real shark um i think it's designed very well yeah i was impressed with it my mom after we finished the movie she was like yeah, I guess the the shark seemed a lot more realistic back then, you know, when I first <laughs> it saw did. it. And I was like, I don't know. I thought it, it looked pretty, pretty legit. It did. It looked very, I mean, I think they did do a very good job with it. Mm-hmm. There are some scenes where I'm like, that's a mechanical shark. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like the, the eyes were like very flat. <laughs> two-dimensional yeah, yeah. i was like that's that's construction paper <laughs> i'll i'll just say the part where the shark jumps on the boat definitely like i was like that just looks like a tube yeah with a shark head on it um <laughs> but i think i want to just commend not that it matters steven spielberg's not listening to this but i just want to commend him for his <laughs> adaptability to figure out a different way to tell the story and not give up because it had been so easy to say this is not going to work out. This movie is a flop. We're going to, we're not going to do this. And I think the cinematography that they got in this movie is so good because it gives you a sense of dread and anxiety. The music, you know, on top of that also kind of forms all into one thing that really absolutely worked. And so I think perhaps the shark malfunctioning made this a better movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm a believer that, Everything that's supposed to happen happens and, mm-hmm. you know, it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Okay. So the next scene I want to talk about is the USS Indianapolis story. And, you know, as much as I think the second half of this movie has some pacing issues, I do appreciate the human moments that we get uh, between these three characters. You know, they're bonding, comparing battle scars, and also. Brody, you know, in his little appendix scar, and he's like, I'm not going to share that, but it was cute. So Quint ends up sharing his story of being on the USS Indianapolis, which is a true story about a ship that delivered the atomic bomb and was torpedoed. 1,200 men went into the water and 316 survived. The survivors were at sea for five days before they were rescued. I know it's crazy there is a movie i think out with nicholas cage in it mm-hmm. about this i haven't seen it but i was always intrigued to because this is where i first learned about the uss indianapolis was in jaws yeah i learned because i lived in indianapolis and there's like a memorial 
for the USS Indianapolis on somewhere on the canal. Um, I do not remember the shark part though. <laughs> yeah, I think the shark, there was a lot of like, things that happened in real life sharks were part of it but the men also died because they would drink the seawater and then essentially like i think it made a lot of them go crazy there was starvation there was drowning so sharks were a part of it for sure but still a part of it and i think robert shaw in this moment is really incredible i know we we talked about have a hard time hearing what he is saying um but if you turn subtitles on and for the most part, I think you can understand it, what he's getting across. I think um, his monologue here is just really spectacular. I disagree, <laughs> again, because mm. I can't understand him. And we've talked about using subtitles, and I do it um, fairly often. But sometimes, like, especially when I'm really trying to take in a movie, and maybe it's my first time or basically my first time, I don't want that on the screen because it's kind of distracting. Yeah. And so I was like, I refuse to turn them on for Quinn's sake. So I did not, like, I understood USS Indianapolis. He was on it. Torpedo. Sharks ate a bunch of people. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, like, understand or hear any of, like, the nuance in that in that monologue. Um, and then, and maybe because I couldn't understand him, it was, like, way too long. And I was mm. just like, I'm, okay. I'm bored right now. Um, oh, but the USS I'm terrified. <laughs> I think he does so like it's like a ghost story to me in yeah. a way. Just how he tells it and the music is very eerie and the reactions from Hooper and Brody are like, oh shit, there's he went through some shit. Yeah, and it's really it's a lot of backstory about him, which is important and, and adds a lot to it. Um so again, I think if I if I could have understood him um or had the, the captions on, I would have perceived it differently but i didn't did you understand the part where he talked about like how the sharks have black eyes like a doll's eyes and then when they bite into you the shark's black eyes roll white nope did not catch that (laughs) well i think once you understand once you understand what he's saying like you can watch it back and like i could hear it at least a little bit better um yeah but he also talked about how he bumped into his friend i don't know if you understood this part but like he bumped into his friend he thought his friend was sleeping um his friend was bobbing up and down he upended and the whole bottom half of his friend was gone i did catch that um yeah so i mean i think i don't know i we could agree to disagree i think he did a really good job here and it was one of the one of the longest scenes to shoot when shaw first wanted to shoot this and maybe this is why it comes across as a little muddled um, is because he did want to have a few drinks in him when he was filming <laughs> the scene. Yeah. Um, totally like flubbed it. They could hardly use any of that. Uh, I think they maybe a few parts of it they did throw in there, but then Shaw came back the next day and did it maybe in one take, but he definitely nailed it after that point. I wish I could tell my boss, like, hey, um, this is part of my process. I need to have a few drinks <laughs> before <laughs> I write this story. Is that cool? <laughs> Absolutely. Don't they? I feel like they do in Europe. They're like, yeah, go take a three hour siesta. Yeah. Siesta. Yeah. <laughs> Support that. Anyway, so again, I think if anything, very well directed scene by Spielberg, too. I really like 
Uh, I know. Um, and but it also explains why Quint fucking hates sharks so much. I think yeah. that that provides a lot more context. And it's also really sad because he survived that and still dies by getting eaten by a shark. Yeah. Uh, Is that yeah. poetic? It's it's morbid. It's the real shitty All hand. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, at this point in the movie, none of these methods from Quint have worked. The boat is absolutely trashed. It's half sinking. And so Quint basically goes, okay, okay, Hooper, like we'll try your way as a marine biologist because Hooper has brought on a shark cage and some poison, I guess, uh, lethal injection or some sort to try oh, yeah. to kill, kill the shark. So Hooper gets in the cage and goes underwater. Again, a very anxious scene because you do not go into the shark's home and then you are in this cage where you have seen this 25-foot shark. That cage is not going to protect you. Yeah, like I'm sure that works for like your normal run-of-the-mill shark and it's safe <laughs> enough. But like <laughs> you've seen what this thing can do. You've seen its size. Yeah, I think you've seen its like mouth extension at this point. Um, just just bad call also this shark is smart like oh it's not like you said not your average shark this shark knows exactly what it's doing and this whole time they've been completely surprised by everything the shark has done because hooper's like that's not normal behavior for a shark this shark literally like what is portrayed as wanting to kill them yeah and wanting to kind of like it seems yeah like kind of just to like fuck with them um it's a very calculated predator right so obviously does not go very well um the shark bursts into the cage back and forth and uh, hooper though does get away which did not expect when i think first watched this i was like "Mm, he's gonna die and actually he was supposed to die in this scene but you want to know why he is alive why so when they filmed this i'm sure you could tell there were parts where you could see the fake shark, but then you there were parts where you could see real sharks and they kind of like blended the two together. So what happened was they did get a real shark caught in the cage. There's a moment where you see it twisting and turning and the cage just gets completely destroyed. That was a mm-hmm. real shark and it they didn't do it on purpose. It just got caught in the, yeah. um, I think it's like mouth. Something got caught in its mouth and it was thrashing around so that was a real shark thankfully no one was in the cage at the time but because the footage was so amazing crazy good uh, and nobody was in the cage spielberg was like okay i'm gonna rewrite this to have hooper live because i want this footage but he still could have died like he gets out of the cage you know um but that's cool (laughs) so you could say a shark a shark saved hooper's life i think sorry did you hear that because the did. phone's ringing to this computer i'm sorry no i mean i just heard a thump i didn't hear a ring oh okay <laughs> okay Anywho. so now we're at the end where things just go truly bananas and this is like where the last five minutes where everything just kind of escalates um you know it was a slow burn yeah but up until up until this point and then they're like Let's just like throw everything at these people. So, like I said, shark leaps 
leaps out of the water and you know sharks can do that we have seen that but then ends up plopping onto the boat and there's no music too during this whole like point it's very silent except for the fact that you hear quince screams because he does slide into the mouth of the shark and dies and this is where i think my nightmare truly stems from um valid this was the other i said there were like really only two holy flick um scenes for me and this was the other one and like he first he's like falling toward um but i'm thinking okay maybe he's going to avoid it it's like there's still an out for him and then he's he's in the shark's no. mouth like half his body he, but yeah. then it just like it keeps happening <laughs> you keep having to witness it <laughs> and you're it like stop keeps... i've seen enough yes i kept saying like oh my god oh my god <laughs> like he stopped <laughs> yeah that was pretty yeah. intense this is so horrifying Honestly, like when I was watching this when I was little, this is I would just like leave the room. I couldn't even process yeah. this. Probably triggered by my nightmare. But um it it like they talked about the guy who walked out when Alex Kittner died and puked. I wanted to puke in this moment just because how fucked up it is where like he gets bitten twice, once on like the bottom half of his body and then the shark goes through his whole body and he just like spits blood out and dies and oh, i'm like holy yeah. fucking shit yeah that was so graphic i was like no that's not necessary i get it he's <laughs> fucked like there's already it a was, lot of blood i don't need it was like yeah yeah and nothing else i mean the alex kittner death yes there was like a geyser of blood rushing up into the air but and other than that there really wasn't anything that graphic and this was like Spielberg was like going all in <laughs> he's like we gotta hit him where it hurts um so then all that's left is Brody who manages to put one of the oxygen 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 tank Ugh, I can't say that word oxygen oxygen <laughs> just say O2 one of the O2s in its mouth and then you know he ends up climbing up to the crow's nest he's trying to fire a rifle at the shark and he says his line smile you son of a and then he gets it blown yeah. up and he has he has something in his mouth I can't remember what it's the Oh, wait. Um, Brody does? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I think so, I because he's like, he says it out of, like, the side of his mouth, like, smile, mm. you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Great um, impression. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was something in his mouth, like, maybe just something that he was quickly trying to hold. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, I remember like watching this with my dad, and my dad always cheers at this moment, which now I'm like, well, that's real bleak <laughs> because right. you know you feel yeah. kind of bad for the shark at this point. But the shark has also been a fucking asshole. So, goddamn shark, you are possessed Fair. by the actual devil himself. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did we talk about? Or are we going to talk about how like this is Quint's fault? Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it now. It's one of my duff flick moments. Oh, okay. Um, so if you want to save it for then, we can talk about yeah. it then or talk about it now. But I Let's do have it. it. Okay. So like I said, shark blows up, sinks to the bottom in this huge cloud of blood. My God, this shark had so much blood coming out of it. Um, and then, oh, the last two lines are my favorite. In, well, one of my favorites in this movie. But Brody and Hooper reunite and they're swimming back to the shore. And Brody 
tells Hooper, you know, I used to hate the water. And Hooper says, I can't imagine why. Yeah. And I think that's <laughs> great. Love it. That is a sweet moment. It's like they're riding off into the sunset. Into the sunset without <laughs> Quint. I feel, um, poor Quint. You know what? If the three of them, if he, if Quint had survived, it would have been the three of them. I bet they would have made a great, like, little, did, like, little adventurous team. They could have gone on little fishing trips every summer to commemorate their experience. I don't know. but I don't know. I would never get on a boat with him again after that. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. <laughs> Um, okay, so just really want to hit on the aftermath of this movie. How much what did it make? Did you say like in the in the first ten first days, three days oh, or ten in days the first ten days over twenty one million? But then I saw Jesus. a figure like Lifetime. It's like four hundred and fifty million. Holy shit! Yeah. Damn. So yeah, it had a ton of success. People were jumping out of their seats and screaming and clapping throughout this whole movie. It owned the summer when it came out. It was the number one in the box office. And then it played for like a year in theaters, which was very oh. unheard of at the time. I think another reason why it did so well is that it might have been one of the first movies to like have the same day release nationwide. Um, oh. Which might have also accounted for how well it performed. But yeah, it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was like, <laughs> am I seeing things? <laughs> I wish. Anyway, go on. Uh, yeah, so it spawned a slew of Jaws sequels. Some are fine, some are not so fine. Take that as you will. But, um, <laughs> you know, and then Spielberg launched his career. Like I said, he could make any film he wanted to make. He went on to direct E.T. and Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park. So it also inspired uh, other people to want to become directors like Kevin Smith and Eli Roth. And it also got people involved in marine biology, which was kind of Oh, cool. yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is, though, kind of some bad stuff that came out from this movie. Which oh. is kind of depressing. Oh. Um, really, it's just about shark populations. So obviously, Jaws gave sh Jaws gave sharks a really bad name, <laughs> and yeah. it impacted people's perceptions of sharks. So people ended up like going out and killing sharks, who you know, not being provoked, like they would just go out and kill them, and they would take these slaughter trips, and it got so bad they were like close to endangerment. Oh my god! There's a doctor. Yeah, there's a documentary on Disney Plus that I watched last year called Playing with Sharks. It's really good. I recommend everyone go watch it if they can. But it's about these um, these Australian divers. Their names are Valerie and Ron Taylor. They were also consultants on Jaws. And they ended up having to go out on tour telling people that sharks aren't like the shark in Jaws. It's entirely fictionalized. Obviously, you should be cautious in the water because shark attacks can happen. But most sharks in the world uh, are totally harmless, but people still didn't listen. And they talked about how there's only like 10% of sharks left in the world wow. because there was such a spike in people slaughtering them pretty much and yeah i'm sorry like what kind of a loser watches jaws and their takeaway is i need to go be like a vigilante and target seek out sharks and kill them like yeah it was a very thanks. like valerie described it as like 
machoism like they're just trying to prove something for sure um but it's not all bad news for the shark valerie taylor did get the first shark to be legally protected by the government it's the gray nurse shark Hmm. and also to end on a happy note because i don't want to end on a sour note of sharks dying um the area where they filmed jaws is now a marine park where they filmed the Ooh. real footage of jaws okay. of the sharks which is was in australia um it's now a protected park so people can't go kill sharks there that's cool yeah okay well good yeah so that's it that's jaws we did it you did a good job thank that you was, that was informative Yay. I'm so glad. <laughs> I loved learning about this movie. I think I have a bigger appreciation for it now just because of how fucking difficult it was to make. Like, I always knew it's it was crazy. hard to make, but I never knew the extent. Yeah. Watching it, I was like, this had to be a huge pain in the ass and not fun. I'm sure. The scenes. Yeah. So I think that brings us to our deflick moments and we've tiptoed around it. So let's just talk about why deflick does Quint sabotage everything he sabotages the radio and the engine i think he has a death wish you know i just had a thought i mean yeah the radio was weird necessary and weird um but with the like flooding or whatever happened to the engine at the end there um or just frying it um maybe he was like in shock (laughs) like had been through so much however long they were out there um maybe he was in shock or yeah he just had some some kind of death wish he didn't tell anybody about before they took this trip i also feel like maybe he was trying to prove something to himself like he wanted to be the one to kill it and if they had to get help if they had to go back to the to the land then it would have really like deflated his ego which doesn't justify it but yeah Ego, man. Death of us mm. all. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, in the beginning, uh, Chrissy's death. Do we, what's the name of the dude who runs after I don't know. I just wrote I drunk, drunk dude. Yeah, I just wrote dude. Um, how the flick didn't dude hear Chrissy screaming for her oh life? My. And what the fuck was he doing just chilling on the beach <laughs> taking a nap? I, <laughs> I I had that as one of my deflicts, and then I deleted it because I was like, "Well, I don't know. Maybe he was just too drunk to hear her." But I'm glad you you brought that yeah. up because, yeah, I was like, "Dude, I mean, she's screaming pretty loud. I mean, you would have to be blackout drunk, I guess, yeah, to not hear that." And he was when he was chasing after her, he was an idiot, <laughs> stumbling, very clumsy, and like also taking his shirt off at the same time. Yeah, and he fell, um, but still like he was able to walk and function enough that I'm like, dude was not that drunk. I feel like I saw something where it was like, I guess drinking saved his life. Oh, that's one way to think about it. (laughs) But Chrissy, he's fine. Right. Mm. Okay. So my question, because this does come up quite a bit in the movie is why deflect did Brody become a police chief on an Island when he has a fear of water? Great question. I feel like there's just a lot we don't know about his backstory and why he's there and what all happened to him. He was a New York police officer, it sounded like. Oh, that's right. And he did talk about, there was some discussion about how it was every day. It was, yeah. Okay. So that, well, that's, yeah, that's why. 
he felt like he wasn't accomplishing anything just because every day was like a murder something else going on and um he just wanted to feel like he could accomplish something which i'm assuming was why they moved to amity but it just seems weird that they didn't move to a town that wasn't on an island right perhaps you know and i like the part where ellen brody says there's a clinical name for it and brody goes drowning (laughs) so he's just (laughs) has a fear of drowning yeah i mean i get it yeah Okay. Speaking of Mrs. Brody, uh, why the flick did she think it was okay for her son to be anywhere near the ocean after what her husband had just been through and what she knew? But then somehow a drawing in a book does it for her. I, like, come on. And also then she they're okay with Michael going into the pond which is still connected to the ocean and they didn't have it. They were like, that's fine. The shark won't go there. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't know why Mm. they thought that. I'm not really sure like how that geography works and how it was connected and how shallow it it wasn't that shallow. So I don't, yeah, I don't know why they thought it was safe. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I would definitely have qualms with being like, you're not going in the water. I'm so sorry. Not sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Not sorry. Um, well, I have one final deflect. Did you have any others? Um, I think I just have one more. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to go because mine's pretty yeah. like a final note. Okay. Um, who to flick raised these motherfucking kids who faked everyone out with the shark fin? <laughs> yeah. Those exactly. are some demented children. Well, his he was like, my brother made me do it. So maybe it's the, you know, older brother more so than the younger brother i can maybe give a little bit of slack to that but yeah i mean that's fucked up yeah those kids are gonna grow up to be perhaps serial killers oh, i mean i mean definitely definitely um i didn't write this down as a, as a um deflick moment i just wrote down these nurse outfits dot 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 oh my god <laughs> yes little, hats, little dresses like no. where did they is that how nurses dressed back in the 70s I think so yes okay because i was like is this a halloween costume like this looks <laughs> like a sexy nurse outfit yeah. that someone would buy why did yeah. anyone ever think that was it was terrible appropriate yeah god anyway. i mean good thing they have scrubs now there's a little bit more comfort than whatever the fuck <laughs> Just... that was more dignity my god yeah um okay so my last deflick is how deflick do brody and the mayor still have jobs after this i mean we clearly oh. don't see the aftermath but we do know what happens in jaws 2 and the mayor is still the mayor and brody's still the police chief so what the fuck what yeah flick? i mean it's one thing because brody he he kills bruce which, by the way, I, I texted you this before. I thought it was um, messed up. They didn't in the movie name it, um, mm-hmm. but um, lost my train of thought. Oh, um, how they still have jobs. <laughs> oh, how they still have jobs. He so killed anyway, Bruce. So he killed. Yeah. So he killed Bruce. So it makes sense that like that could you know he could overcome his his flaws and his reputation prior to that. Um, but yeah, the mayor should be in jail. So <laughs> I don't know. That I saw a meme when I was just typing in the jaw, um, not the jaws, the mayor from Jaws, and there's a meme that says this guy got reelected 
after you know the, everything that happened in jaws and then it said it's important to vote <laughs> <laughs> um truth yeah because i mean look at some of the people who've been elected to high office truth yeah. it's scary it is scary all right well that wraps it up on our deflick moments and uh -huh. before we get into how many flicks do we give this movie, I just want to take a moment to let you, the listeners, know if you enjoyed listening to this episode and our quips and our banter and our <laughs> wisdom, then please go and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and also give us a review. You can, you know, write a little something out like what's your shark story did you also have shark nightmares did you have you ever encountered a shark let us know um do you have any fanfic involving quint and brody and hooper you can type that out in in the little in the little box and we would love to read that there um you can also follow us on social media we are at why the flick on instagram tiktok twitter and letterbox so give us a follow there um the audience has been growing pretty well this season. I'm really excited to like get to meet some new people and introduce them to the pod. So definitely interact with us there. Okay. So how many flicks do we give for context? Um, as far as how this is rated critically on IMDb, it is a 8.1 out of 10. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it is a 98% fresh from critics and a 90% fresh from audiences. So that's impressive. Very, very, very high scores. Yeah. I, I don't think it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I know that we had one other movie that was really high um, on critics, but I don't know if it was that high. That's, yeah, it's impressive. Hmm. It was it the other woman? <laughs> <laughs> totally. That was a totally. huge hit with critics. Totes. Um, okay, so I don't think it's going to come as any surprise what my rating is going to be. Um, I think it's it's high, but obviously we've talked about how this movie had some pacing issues. Again, I think that's a lot due to the fact that the script had to change so much because of everything going on in the background. And ultimately... Like the fact that this movie got made is like I said, a goddamn miracle. And so I do give a little bit of leeway for the fact that, yeah, maybe some pieces were hard to put together just because they had to think on their feet, but I commend them for still creating this work of art in cinema. And the fact that it had such an impact in cinema history um, is remarkable. I think it's, a truly terrifying horror movie, I think, too. And there's so many great aspects of it with the camera work, with the music, with the acting. Take it what you will from Robert <laughs> Shaw. I, he is a legend. Um, you can't deny that. And so all of that to say, I'm going to give it a 4.8 out of 5. Nice. nice. Okay. Wasn't sure if you were going to go for the perfect score. No, okay. I, I can't give out too many five out of fives. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, watching this movie, um, there was so much that I was impressed by. Um, and like I said, I have like a great respect and appreciation for this movie. We've talked about the cinematography and um, composition. I don't think we talked much about how like how much depth of field there was in like half the frames and how dynamic it was like how much he used that access and just like um one that sticks out is um i mean even like when the um, mayor urges that older couple to get in the water 
you have like the man kind of in the forefront and then the mayor. So we see his profile, we see the mayor's like the front of his face and there's shit going on in the back. We get so much of that. Um, Brody, when he's on the beach um, and kind of keeping an eye out and he's really nervous and someone comes up to him to talk about whatever. Yeah. And he, he peers over his shoulder. Like that's yep. a classic shot. Um, there are a, a ton of extras and background actors to, to fill the frames. Um, we talked about the, that kind of zoom um, compressed shot. Um, and like I said, the, they're, while they don't really string together for me or come together for me, um, there's so many moments that are just um, masterful. And mm-hmm. before um, this episode, I probably would have said three out of five, which I know for Jaws is like a low rating, but just like it wasn't, you know, totally for me. But after hearing about the making of <laughs> and the impossible challenges um i have to like give it even more respect and i'm gonna go four out of five flicks yay i'm glad i (laughs) convinced you to bump it up i'm happy to do so always want to advocate for spielberg (laughs) the caveat is if they really did kill a shark to to use in the movie yeah i'll double check that i feel like that was they no surely for to god no they did but not no not my steven no my steven no he is a lover of animals <laughs> although his films do not show that um he kills right? animals off pretty well um nice all right, all right Claire, well, what's what's next so next up on our episode lineup is our mini-sode so Yay. again these are episodes where elizabeth and i each bring a new movie well, not necessarily a new movie, but just a movie to the table to talk about, um, just like to give quick thoughts and what we liked or didn't like about it. And we keep those a surprise from ourselves and you, the listeners. And Elizabeth always seems to guess my movies. So I'm going to do a really good job of not giving it away next week uh, when we record. So tune in then. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Dana. We're gonna need a bigger boat.